Logical Progression, Year 1, Lesson 26. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka alameena Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'alta wa sahla wa anta tajul al-hasna idha shi'a sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa hisna ibadatik ya rabbil kareem. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullahu khaira for turning up for the last 7.30 uh, start. So next week, inshallah, it's 8 o'clock. In fact, I think the remainder of the class is going to be 8 o'clock. Now, what, another five? Yeah, until Ramadan, like five or six lessons. So there's a couple of announcements. The most important of them, of course, is that um, the most important announcement is not next week. So two weeks today, not next week. The week after, we have a, obviously a very special uh, logical progression in that um, it will be the Wednesday portion of the Ilm tour um, it's either www.ilmtour.com or you go to almaghrib.org so I'll be sharing um, um, or rather the uh, the class will be taken by uh, Sheikh Mohammed al-Sharif and uh, Sheikh Kamal al-Makki and uh, Naved Aziz and uh, Buna Muhammad and um, I think uh, uh, I think that's it yeah so those uh, it will be like a special session um, and it will be here so I want you to tell all your friends and your family and so on obviously brothers and sisters will have uh, will increase the space here in this room for the brothers we'll reduce this to this way for the sisters and then the house will be opened up for more sisters and children and so on so we, I'm just going to be busy obviously so tell everyone uh, about that and we should spread the khair on that the second announcement is that uh, uh, this weekend there's very few places left if you haven't already taken Protect This House. Um, it's a single weekend, this weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, 7 o'clock on Friday in Bradford. And then that's it. Uh, the surrounding area is complete. The next class is going to be in September in up for the Geordies, which is miles away. Which is okay for the Geordies, but not very good for us here. Annie. So um, so that's that. So, uh, But like I said, there's very few places left. Um, again, Qabilat uh, Mas Facebook page and all the rest of it uh, on the website okay so I think that's the main announcement so 8 o'clock remember next week so if you're abroad then I don't know what time that is just half an hour later that's it so whatever time it is now half an hour later simple as that alright um, and that's gonna make uh, but sorry uh, in two weeks time the Ilm uh, tour logical progression that will actually be at 7 o'clock okay that will be after Salat al-Asr which is at 7 o'clock and yes, we're going to broadcast it live as part of logical progression as well. So the rest of the people will have to see that. It should be some. It should be good. That it should be some good fun. Um, cool. So let's jump into this text. I'm thinking that we're going to have a bumper session today. I think that I'm going to try and knock out uh, like you know some some serious points here today because last week I think people. I apologize. Obviously, I was half dead last week. Uh, flew straight in and sat straight down. Um, so kind of like you know took a few liberties but today inshallah we can move smooth and actually because we've studied most of this already you know what I'm saying a lot of a lot of these points which are which would have normally required discussion actually we went into a lot of discussion concerning so let's start that so it's actually page 5 now some some specific details with respect to istinja okay so in the Arabic on page 5 of our notes um, uh, Al-Hijjawi rahmatullah alayhi, He says in the Nas The Nas of Zad al-Mustaqni' What's Nas? 
text. Okay, he said, وَيَسْتَجْمِرُ بِحَجَرٍ ثُمَّ يَسْتَنْجِيَ بِالْمَاءِ وَيُجْزِئُهُ الْاسْتِجْمَارُ إِلَّا مِيَعْدُ الْخَارِجِ مَوْضِعَ الْعَادَةِ وَيُشْتَرَطُ لِلْاسْتِجْمَارِ بِأَحْجَارٍ وَنَحْوِهَا أَنْ يَكُونَ طَاهِرًا مُنْقِيًا غَيْرَ عَظْمٍ وَرَوْثٍ وَطَعَامٍ وَمُحْتَرْمٍ وَمُتَصِلٍ بِحِيوَانٍ Filth is removed with a stone and then with water. Um, it is sufficient to remove the filth with a stone as long as the filth does not exceed its normal spreading. It is a condition for removing filth using stones and the like that it be, number one, pure. Two, that it removes the filth. Number three, that it not be a bone or animal dropping. Number... Um, I guess you could put number four there for animal dropping. Maybe that's why I put five there. Uh, number five, food. Number six, something of sanctity, something sanctified, muhtaram. Or number seven, something which is connected to an animal. Something which is connected to an animal. Let's whiz through this. This is easy, inshallah. Okay. So we're at page uh, 129 in Sheikh Al uh Sharh, right at the bottom. And he goes, okay, let's, let's talk about these words. Because the Sheikh starts with وَيَسْتَجْمِرُ Okay, so this is the يَسْتَجْمِر uh, is the present verb The present form of the verb Of, of which word that we know? استجمار Okay, in Arabic The noun of that verb is istijmar. What is istijmar? What's istijmar, someone? Cleaning, cleaning oneself with? Something other than water. Excellent. So, al-istijmar yakun bihajrin wa manaba. So, istijmar is cleaning oneself with a stone or something which takes its, its place. And istinja is cleaning oneself with water. And Shaykh Uthameen says that the statement of Imam al-Hajawi and therefore the Hamri Madhab that you yastajmir thumma yastanji that you use stones and then you use the water this is al-afdal this is the best thing that one can do هذا هو الأفضل وليس على سبيل الوجوب but it's not something which is obligatory it's not something which is obligatory and that is why then he follows it up with the statement وَيُجْزِئُهُ الْإِسْتِجْمَارِ but it is sufficient just to do istijmar it is It's sufficient actually just to use a stone and clean oneself with a stone. And I'm going to stop using the word stone because no one's going to use a stone, okay? We're talking toilet paper now, all right? Okay? I know we like doing classical fiqh, but no one's using stones. So from now on, it's toilet paper, all right? So what the Sheikh is saying is that the humbly Madhab is saying you use toilet paper and you use water. That's the best thing. But it's permissible to use uh, paper by itself. While inside, then page 130, Sheikh says, While if, and he goes that if someone does go to the toilet, three things are going to happen when it comes to cleaning himself. Three things are going to happen. Number one, that he's going to either clean himself with water alone. He's got no access to water. Okay, no access to water. Now, if he, uh, this is jaiz ala rajih, according to Sheikh Uthameen. It is permissible according to the strongest opinion. Look at the language there. Okay, to use water alone and nothing else is permissible according to the strongest opinion. He continues. He continues. He says, uh, he goes, and despite the fact 
that there, that there has been narrated a number of difference of opinion in this issue. And you'll remember the first lesson that we did in Istinja, we talked a lot about that. Yeah, We, we talked about the Salaf and their companions and the various kind of opinions they held. Some didn't like this, some did like that. Yeah, you remember that? So you need to go back to revise that if you want more details about this particular issue because now we don't need to really... Uh, I mean, it's actually, he says... Uh, uh, this is old original differences of opinion from the time of the Salaf and footnote there mentions in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba which is the best collection this Musannaf is the best collection for narrations of the companions okay and in this Musannaf we have narrations from uh, Hudayfa Ibn Yaman and Abdullah uh, Abdullah Ibn Zubair that both of them were those that preferred just to use water alone okay uh, sorry uh, those who did not like to use water alone. Those who did not like to use water alone. But I mentioned more than that in the first uh, 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 position. Anyway, and what was their thinking? What was the position of these companions and other of the Salaf where they said, how can you use water alone? It's common sense. How on earth can I allow my hand to touch something disgusting of smell and disgusting of actual physical nature as well? A hand which is muhtaram, even if it's a left hand, obviously if you're using, you're cleaning yourself with just the hand, okay? Uh, sorry, if you're cleaning yourself just with water, then you've got to uh, imagine, again, don't be thinking today. Don't be thinking Arab pressure showers, yani, Muslim shower or whatever they call it. I don't know, all kind of funky names. Um, I think everyone just calls it a bum shower, isn't it? Yeah? Or is it Muslim shower? Muslim shower, yeah? Is it, we have to be polite, yeah? Frank kids and stuff, yeah, I'll take it. So, um, uh, thinking, you know that there's, it's an, uh, that in itself is a fiqh, by the way. Yeah, you guys, obviously, you need to be educated. I've already been doing a lot of educating for the toilet industry in the last yani, couple of months. I need to continue. SubhanAllah, you know what's funny today? My dad, I spoke, I gave my dad a shout today. Uh, I thought I'd give him, you know, call to see what's happening, keep the peace and that. So I said, what's happening, Abaji? What's happening? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a little chit chat. Then as I was all about to go, he goes, Alaka. He goes, son, son, son. He goes, one other thing. He goes, um, that guy who was giving you salam, he called you very bad, selfish. He's a khudgharzi person looking after himself. Yeah, and he only doesn't care about anyone else. I said, rah, who, dad, who? He goes, the guy down Raja Plumbing. You know, the uh, uh, Stockport Road, local kind of plumbing shop, who, subhanAllah, he helped me out so much, yeah, and he chose choosing the different you know, pipes and sewage and drains and gutters and toilets. and everything. I got everything from him. He's a good brother, mashallah. He's local to here, subhanAllah. Anyway, he goes, that guy, I haven't seen him the day since after he got his stuff, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I go, Dad, what did you say to him? He goes, no, I said to him, the guy's been busy, this, that. I said, you're a top man. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's got my back, Yanni. You know what I mean? You know, he was defending me. But he goes, no, he goes, but he did respond and said, it doesn't take much to give a phone call. So then, subhanAllah, I called him straight away. That was an hour ago. And he was very, he was very surprised and he was very pleased that I called him. And I think about it, the amount of fiqh that we discussed about toilets, yeah, and over that counter, and it's a busy counter, by the way, okay? But we discussed some hardcore fiqh. And I'm telling you now, you know these bum showers, yeah? There's, there's some serious behavior going on there. Yeah, Muslim shower, sorry, he's just saying Muslim shower. Don't say bum shower. Is bum a bad word? It's a bad word, okay then. Is that why you're going to red, yeah? Skin. <laughs> red. So, um, wasn't that a bad word in our time? Why did I don't think that's a bad word? Okay then. All right. So anyway, so <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get told up afterwards now. So anyway, um, because they come from Italy, Malaysia, 
and uh, Egypt. They're made in different kind of countries. You've got the German ones, but they cost like dollars, like a hundred quid for a little pinku shower head like that. You know you're going to pay that much money for that little thing, yeah? But the problem is if you don't pay good monies, they come away at two parts. One at the head, right? Which is the that, that, that top part there. Or they come apart at the part where they actually connect to the thermostatic valve. Then there's the whole thermostatic valve. Okay, sorry. That's the next level. You can either just have a cold tap there connected, but if you like, if you know the fiqh, you're a faqih of toilets, then you don't just have a cold tap. You have a thermostatic valve connected. Because you know me, yeah? I take my fiqh from people like Shazad. You know when Shazad goes to me, yeah, I go to, I, in my toilets, we don't use cold water, we use hot water. I say, shut up, how do you use hot water? How do you do istinja with hot water? He goes, yeah, I've got a thermostatic valve connected with hot and cold water next to my toilet. I said, well, lie, Shazada. If you can do that, I'm doing that as well. I put thermostatic valves everywhere. Everywhere. But the problem is, is that, you know, when you've got thermostatic valves, you've got obviously hot and cold coming up, increased pressure, which means the poor quality connection is going to split there. You've got a poor, connect, poor quality thingamajig, then it starts to leak. If you don't towel your bathroom floor... If you're using the old style line, line old flex, yani, then expect leaks galore. You need to not only tile your floor. Listen, I'm giving good deep fiqh here, by the way. This is very important. Obviously, when you have a toilet, uh, a Muslim toilet, Muslim shower thing, whatever you call it, yeah. Just call it bum shower. What's, what's the problem with that? Yeah. So, you know, you've got the pipes. Uh, obviously, they're right there, isn't it? Coming up from the thingy. The problem is, is that people, they tile the floor, grout it and everything. What they forget to do is to go around those pipes, which are actually the holes in the tiles. You need to go around like 10, 20 times with grout and a sealant and this and that, because that's where the water is always dripping, dripping, dripping from a poor quality shower. Trust me, make every mistake you want. Don't make a mistake in buying cheap Muslim showers. All right. This fiqh discussion is pre-Muslim showers. They never had a pressurized thing in Madrid. So it wasn't possible to, you know, do what the Arabs do, which is basically just sit there and allow, you know, automatic and no hand, no touching, no nothing. Yes, there was, it was impossible to believe that there would be istinja without using the hand. Does that, does that make sense? So you've got to keep that in mind. So this discussion is all about the hand using, uh, using the hand to physically touch that. Now, what does uh, uh, Sheikh then say? He goes, but he goes, but it, there's no doubt about it. That's a fair dis- fair. It's a fair complaint, but the authentic position is that it is permissible. And in fact, he goes, actually, later on, it became an ijma' of the scholars that it was permissible, an ijma' to use water alone. And he goes, the evidence for that of many, we've covered most of them. The hadith of Anas radiallahu an is the most famous. He said that the Prophet وسلم, he went to go to the toilet, and I and another guy, we carried with us some a... a um, a container of water for him and he cleaned himself with water alone. Okay, so this hadith is in Bukhari. And as for the aql, yani common sense, well, the common sense is that we need to try and get um, rid of dirt and filth and the, the basic premise uh, and principle used to clean anything is with water. So that's the, 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 the basic principle. So just like if you, have, if you had najasa on your foot, and you would use water to get rid of it, then same, same thing for your, your private parts as well. Okay? The second uh, uh, position would be that a person just uses toilet paper or just uses a stone. Yeah? And, and that's permissible. We know that's permissible because 
the uh, statement of the Prophet because of two ways. Because of the statement of the Prophet and his action. As for the statement of the Prophet then this comes from the hadith of Salman al-Farsi anhu, when he uh, said that the Prophet the Messenger of Allah he prohibited us from making istinja with less than three stones. This hadith is narrated by Muslim. So that's the statement of the Prophet He forbade us, so that must mean that he was told, he forbade us to make istinja with uh, stones. So there's another lesson here, by the way. The word istijmar is not always used. But if you hear the statement istinja with stones, it means istijmar. I mean, it's common sense, yeah. So um, that is the uh, uh, statement. As for the action, then that's from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Um, uh, he said that the Prophet ﷺ wanted to go to the toilet and so he asked Abdullah ibn Mas'ud to go and collect for him three stones. And so I went and I came back with two stones and a piece of dung, an animal dropping, okay, which looks like the stone, obviously dry environment, etc. And the Prophet ﷺ, he took the two stones from me and he threw away the dung and he said, Hada riksun. Riks is the same as rids. Meaning this is impure, it's disgusting, it's filthy. It's yani, yeah, it's filthy. And in another and that narration is narrated by Imam Bukhari, and then in another narration which is narrated in Adar Qutni, he said, Tinibi Ghairiha, go and get me something else. So like get me a replacement. Which strengthens the previous hadith that it needs to be three uh, minimum to use. Okay. Also with hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that he himself gathered for the Prophet sallallahu a number of stones and he cut, he bought them in his thobe. So he look he took his thobe like this. Um, we can only assume actually doesn't give the details. Either they put them in his pockets, but I don't think so because that normally means extra pot, extra cloth, and that's what they didn't have. That's very interesting. You know, jade was seen as a luxury because it's extra cloth. You know, you can't make a, cloth, a pocket except using the two extra pieces of cloth inside. Um, they still had pockets, but it was red. Um, I think that he would have gathered them like this. Allah Alam. So he gathered some stones and he brought them to the Prophet Sallallahu and he put them there for him to use and then he left. Uh, and that of course, uh, that hadith narrated by Bukhari, this indicates of course the permissibility of istijmar. There was no water here at all. So this is now second scenario, just using stones. And that's why Shaykh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah Rahmatullahi, he said that, he goes, this is what proves to us my, uh, my original principle in purification. What's Shaykh al-Islam's original principle when it comes to purification? I know it's a random question, but what is, what is it when it comes to purifying oneself? What is his big thing? It's Correct. It's about removal of the dirt, not about how or what removes it. It's not about numbers, it's not about times, it's not about quantities, it's about getting rid of the dirt. So, uh, you know, as long as it gets, as long as we can purify the area, so you know about the opinions that it has to be washed like this, washed like that, washed this. Look, if we can find a dry cleaning and knock it in there, job done. If we can find an industrial washing machine that cleans it better, if we can use bleach, it's about getting the area clean. So Ibn Taymiyyah is that kind of modernizing force in that area of fiqh without being modernist, of course. And so, and this, of course, is the position that we adopted as well, isn't it, as the class, meaning that we're more concerned about the dirt being removed, not the thing which removes it or, or, or not, as the case may be. Okay. Um, and this position is supported by what we've just seen here. The Prophet is sometimes using water only, sometimes using stones only. So it's clear that even his actions are, uh, are, are establishing this. Okay. And... Um, 
and the uh, and of course uh, that's going against the original opinion what was the original a humble opinion that you can only remove dirt by purifying water you know what i'm saying or pure water that actually purifies the area and as we said when it comes to dirt anything that gets rid of it is sufficient okay um the third position is what both as is stated by this humbly text istijmar toilet paper followed by water which is i think the standard for all muslims yes every day uh, what we do every day every person everywhere pretty much I mean, obviously, in some parts of the developing world, that's not possible. But pretty much the Muslim world all over, this is what they do. And this is the interesting statement here. And this is something which I think everyone knows and accepts. And, and Sheikh Uthameen puts it out there. He goes, I have never seen this established from the Prophet ﷺ. I've never heard it, seen it, read it ever being done by the Prophet ﷺ. Yet it's no doubt, and this is a big statement. Yet it's no doubt that this action is the most complete when it comes to purifying. It is most complete. Of course it's the most complete. But that's a dangerous statement to make. Yani, the Prophet Sallallahu goes to so much detail telling us everything about you know, cleansing. Yet he never does it. Or we don't see anything to prove that he does it. Yeah, To clean with stones and then with water. Yet it's the action of all the Muslims all around the world, all the time. To our common sense, we can't imagine doing anything else, quite frankly. And we discuss all of that to death yani, in the first couple of lessons. And what's interesting is the Prophet Sallallahu never did it. Not only did he never do it, but um, not only did he never do it, but we're saying that this is this is yani more complete. That's yani kalam yani. That's yani you know that's big kalam. Like in منحيث المعنى منحيث المعنى لا شك أنه أكمل تطهيرا. He goes, even though the Prophet has not been, it's not established from the Prophet having uh, been done from him, but. From what is intended by this action, by what is intended by cleaning with paper and then water, there's no doubt it is the most complete purification process. Uh, you know, I've got to get, get my head around that, you know, to be honest. I think it's a big statement. But I mean, you know, big man, yeah, and you can make that statement. That's Sheikh Uthameen, yeah, and it's, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Don't get too upset. So, that's that. That's the discussion on that, inshallah. Is there any, any questions on that specifically? Before we move on, I think it's an interesting uh, chapter that. Anyway, okay. But like I said, we really discussed that. Go back to your notes on the first couple of lessons. We talked about all the names of the companions who had that opinion and stuff. Right. The next, the next statement then. Um, what's the next statement? Um, yeah. So as long as the filth, so it is allowed to use a stone. It is allowed. It's sufficient to remove the filth just with a stone. As long as the filth does not exceed its normal spreading, and um, what, what, what are we what are we what we're talking about here is that uh, you can go ahead. All right, then we've just told you to use water and, and, and to use a stone than water, but go ahead and use a stone alone, no problem. Go and just use toilet paper if you want, no problem. But if you've had diarrhea, yeah, then think again. Basically, is what they're saying, right? And not just diarrhea. I'm talking like a messy diarrhea. That's the exact yani, uh, point being said here. Exceeding its normal spreading is just referring to like the world's most perfect. Guys, don't make me speak yani, in, in long ways around. Let me be direct and let me be me, okay? What's being described here is the world's perfect dump. Okay? So if you imagine the world's perfect dump, it's coming out and it's no touching, no cheeks, no nothing. It's clean. 
front end. <laughs> it's clean out and it's in that toilet and there's no there's no that. Just nod and show appreciation. Thank you. Okay? If that process goes wrong, Wallahi, if I don't get knighted by the queen for this, yeah? Putting myself in front of all you people saying all this bakwasi on yeah? If it goes wrong, <laughs> so, you know, hardcore curry or something, and, you know, it's just explosions all over the place, then obviously you can't go with a toilet paper or a stone. Does that make sense? Do I need to explain that anymore? Because it's so all over the place and a stone is only working when it's in a very restricted area, yeah? Or toilet paper, likewise. Now, it's interesting, um, and likewise, and what Shukur Damien says is that, um, he goes, uh, he goes, this is the same for urine, urine as well. Sometimes maybe um, it's possible that, um, uh, what's the tip called? The glands? The glands. Is it possible for the glands to be blocked sometimes? So instead of coming straight out, it goes here and there. This is the point, meaning that like on a serious note, it's possible, not just because of bad food or bad uh, technique, but due to some other factors that urine doesn't go where it should go, that feces don't go where it should go, and therefore we cannot now follow the opinion that it's just allowed to use a toilet paper or a stone or whatever. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah? And so for that reason, then then the asal goes back to water. And Shaykh Qutamir makes an important statement. He goes, there's not a single evidence from Sharia to, ever, to indicate this point that you have to now use water. But the aql is clearly indicating it. The aql is indicating this point. Okay? Um, I don't think there's more to discuss about that. I think it's pretty straightforward. Yes? And I, I will say, I'll also say something further. I don't think it's an obligation to use water. I don't think Sheikh is saying that. I don't think anyone is saying that. And especially in our time. In our time, it's possible that you might get the area cleaner using tissue paper um, than water. Maybe you might not, you know, use water all over, or you know, they have wet wipes or toilet things, magic. Therefore, like the upper class people, like Shazad and whatever, whatnot, yani, you know, uh, they don't use normal to- toilet paper. They, they come in like boxes that they pull it out, isn't it? Yeah. What's the brand you use, Shaz? <laughs> The same one you bought me that day. <laughs> 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 Remember you bought mine. Oh my god. Oh man, Shaz, what you did to me, man. Because, oh my god. My head hurts for light, this. Where's the Buddha going? Alright. So, um, it's possible nowadays, obviously, to use, <laughs> you know, anything. Uh, but the point is is that if you know for a fact that whatever you are using is not going to clean the area, then it's not right to use that. Then you need to use something further. Because as we said, the illa is always removal of najasa, whatever type, whatever quantity, wherever it is. Yeah, that's the, that's the issue. Okay, folks. And next then, um, so the conditions now to go back then. The conditions for using a stone or for a toilet paper, as the case may be, right, are the following. And, and as Sheikh Tamin, he confirms that. When we're talking about a stone, ahjar is the jama' of hajar. Yes? So uh, stones, the, the plural of stone, hajar. And he goes, we can use, and he says, uh, even Hanabalists say, wanahwiha, yani things which are similar to that. What we're talking about, we're talking about madar. Madar is the uh, clod. Everyone now happy with what a clod is, yeah? Dried earth, yani, yeah? Madar. 
not not an, uh, not, it's not I'm not talking about an, some Arab way had say mother day, yeah, <laughs> right? And thin, uh, sorry, and uh, uh, like a, uh, a more wetter kind of mud, maybe, or a dust, if that's even possible, a cloth, paper, and anything like that, such as wood. Even he mentions wood. Things be desperate for using wood. If you guys have got nothing but wood, Yanni, come hook me up and I'll, I'll sort you out. I'll be happy to, to, I've got a fund. It's called the AE Fund. Helps people, Yanni, who are using wood, Yanni, to clean the backsides. Right. So the first condition is what? That it has to be pure. And yakuna tahiran. Okay? That it is tahir. Okay? And what does tahir mean? It means two things. That it is not najis and not mutanajis. La najisan wa la mutanajisan. What's najis? Filthy. Filthy. What's mutanajis? Say again. Make something. Nope. But yeah, nearly. Correct. Something which has become filthy secondary. Something I don't know. How would you? How would you? Something which has become filthy. So the classic example would be to use. Like something filthy would be to use like, I don't know, pigskin or something, I don't know, okay? Right? You couldn't use that. But likewise, if you had a clean tissue paper, which you've cleaned yourself already with, and then you're going to go back and use that again, for example, yeah? Then that's obviously something which has been made filthy. That's something which is which is mutanajas, yeah? Okay? So, um, and that's what Sheikh says here as well. Um... And what's the uh, evidence for that? What's the evidence for that? The hadith of Abdullah Mas'ud. We just covered that. He bought to what to the Prophet ﷺ? He bought the three the three stones, but except that the third one wasn't. It was dumb. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? What word did he use? Riks with cap. Riksun wa bimana rijs, like jim. I think there's an, a grammatical thing happening there. Yeah. So because it's, it's not a common word, riks and rijs. So it's, it's filthy, najis. So you can't use something which is najis. Yeah? Okay. Um, and, and we have the hadith, and in the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiallahu an, he said that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa he forbade one to make istinja with a bone or with animal dung or droppings. Okay? With adam, meaning bone, animal bone, or animal dung and Prophet said these two things do not purify they are najis in of them in of themselves they do not purify okay so therefore we know that whatever that you use to clean yourself it must be pure what's the common sense common sense is we're trying to clean ourselves from impurity so the thing you use must also be pure the second um, condition is that it must actually remove the filth. It just can't be an object. This, remember, these are con- what we're doing. We're doing the conditions of the thing we're using to clean ourselves, be it paper, be it cloth, be it stone, be it clod. The second condition is that it must be munqiyan. It has to do niqa. It has to clean the actual area. Okay? Um, uh, and if it if it doesn't actually uh, clean an area, then that's a that's a problem. What what do we mean by that? Things which are, for example, very very smooth. So a stone which is completely smooth doesn't clean anything. 
there needs to be some kind of texture to it to clean uh, an area. And that's the example that Sheikh Al-Uthaymeen, he gives. Okay? Um, or because it's wet. If something's wet, then it doesn't... Yeah, and tissue paper, when it's wet, it doesn't clean anything. Yes? Agreed? Yeah? To, to a tissue paper which is wet. And he even says even a wet stone or even especially a wet clod... Okay, or he goes another scenario is, is if the area that you're cleaning, like your backside, for example, becomes very dry. Now, if it becomes very, very dry, then it's also possible that it doesn't clean properly as well. These are all mentioned by Sheikh Uthameen. Uh, okay, um, the next uh, condition is that it cannot be, uh, you can make this three, uh, three and four, or you can just put it under three. I don't, I don't care. It mustn't be a bone and it mustn't be an animal dropping. Okay. Um, so it mustn't be a bone And it mustn't be a dropping What's the evidence for that? The hadith that we just mentioned Of, of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud The hadith of Abdullah, uh, Abu Huraira But there's also narration of, of Ibn Mas'ud And also narration of Salman And Ruwayfi' Which are all down uh, collected in the, the footnotes Right below Radiallahu anhum And what's the common sense point here? Well the common sense is that Is that um, That the bone is going to be of two types. It's going to be number one, a bone of an animal which has been slaughtered. Yani, an animal which animal which is mudhakka, mudhakka meaning that it has the zakat done to it, meaning it's been used by halal. Yani means we've eaten it. Okay, we've eaten this animal and his bones are left. What are these bones? The food of the jinn. Okay, we know that the Prophet told us that they are the food of the jinn, and he said. Um, and we know that it's not permissible to make these filthy for the jinn. It's not permissible to go and make these bones now filthy for the jinn. Okay, the second type of bone is going to be what? A bone which is coming from a dead animal, yes? Which by necessity is? Obviously it's non-dhaka. Najis, okay? The meta, carrion, okay? That's going to be the carrion. And so any bone that comes from carrion is najis in the first place. So basically we've locked ourselves out from both uh, examples of bone. There's no third category. Either the animal was slaughtered, meaning Jewish, Christian, or Islamic, yani Muslim, and it's eaten, and therefore it's proper, and therefore the jinn will have that. Or it was the animal of just been killed by accident, or just yani dead meat, yani like the mushrik, way they, they eat it, and therefore that's najis aslan, and the jinn won't eat that anyway. Is that clear? So that's the reason for the thinking, uh, for the bone. As for the dung, then Shaykh Uthameen said he goes the exact same reasons, the same principles will apply. Yeah, and if it comes from a dead animal, it's dead, it's dirty. And if it comes from the halal animal, then it is also being used uh, for food, uh, for, the, for the animal, for the, it's being used as fodder for the animals of the jinn. We covered that last week, isn't, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, good, good. And then next category condition is that food. It can't be food. We can't be having food, the food of, not just of our food, but the food of our animals as well. Okay? And not just any human food, but food that we give to animals. It's not uh, valid to make istinja, or uh, yani istijmar with them. 
Why is that? Because the Prophet ﷺ, he forbade making istinja with what? Bones and dung. Bones and dung. So if he said not haram yani, to make bones and dung, what do you think of food? Which is even more muharram, yani, muhtaram, respected and more sanctified. Okay, And that's because that was the ta'am of the jinn. So what about ta'am al-adami? You know what I'm saying? Yani, that was the uh, reason we're not allowed to do it with bones and stuff is because that was the food of the jinn. So then what about then the food of human beings? That's an even bigger disaster. So, um, so that's clear. And he goes, uh, the other obvious reason, of course, is that this is the most highest level of ingratitude. Uh, uh, it is kufr bin ni'mah. It is the in, uh, being ingra- ingra- uh, ungrateful with the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Uh, and he created these things for us to be eaten, not for it to be used in all this nonsense. I was thinking about this point. Um, so therefore, the position that we... Uh, have the conclusion on this last point for you to write down is that every single food of the humans and our animals it is haram to use for istijmar and it is also the humbly position and what it seems to be obvious from the text that this includes also waste food as well so bread crusts apple cores and all the like okay and obviously we're living in a country which are very big on um, recycling and so on and food of course is the easiest thing to recycle not just for birds and, to, and, and for them to eat but for them to rot and then put in a garden as compost and so on and so forth is very very healthy for the uh, for their nitrogen and their fertilizing nature and all the rest of it um, I was thinking about that if Sheikh Uthameen is going to go ahead and use the fact that it is being ungrateful to do with the blessing um as a reason, then that would put out uh, other examples. You see, you know, people using uh, money. Do people do that as some kind of like a show of extravagance? Isn't it? No. Was that just me? And I, I mean, I, I, look, he's trying not to smile. Look, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Yeah, you know me. I'm never am I going to take a cheap shot like that at you, bro. Just the obvious halal ones, yeah. You know, the haram ones, bro. So. Um, any other examples that we can think of? Yeah. Leaves are allowed. Leaves don't fall into the uh, category. Leaves, subhanAllah, leaves are lifesavers outside in the rough. If you make leaves haram on us, we're dead. Uh, that's a good one. You could extend that. You could say that uh, wood is eaten by... Someone name yes, something. Wood, wood, no. Wood, wood, woodpeckers don't eat wood. Come on. They don't. Yeah, there's different going and eating it. You pack. I'm right, yeah? Woodpeckers don't eat wood. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point. Sister said that, well, hold on. If leaves are allowed, then that's what um, animals eat as well. The problem is, is that, um, and I guess maybe if you knew, if you knew that you're in an area where, where you know, these leaves are definitely the food of X, Y, Z animals that are in the area, then maybe you'd refrain. But if leaves get taken out, mushkila. Yeah, we don't, we don't live in a desert climate and muddy climate like that. Ours is the only green thingy and, uh, and so on. It's an interesting point that. 
We need to look into that because the, the next example is grass. Grass يعني, is another good example. Grass, of course, is the food for virtually all animals, yeah, or that type of animal. And at the same time, dry grass, clumps of grass, wet grass, these are all things that when you're in a wild, when you're roughing it, camping, I mean, these are the kind of things you, you, you train yourself on using. You start to realize that life isn't about you know, carrying toilet paper. You think all these people going out there doing jihad day and not had toilet paper with them. You have to learn to survive. My, my position, I think, is that it's allowed. I think grass and I think leaves and so on because I think it will become shakka huge. I think that what we're talking about here when we say the animals are human beings and animals and the food of animals is that which is specified and clear and well known. I think that would be the 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 basic position. Allahu Allah is a good point that. Um, and then the, the next condition is uh, something number six, something which ha, something which is sanctified. Shape muhtaram. Muhtaram. We covered this word last week, isn't it? Something which has hurma, sanctity. Um, uh, which if you want to go me to go further, it means that something which is considered great. According to Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's considered to be something of value. Therefore, that doesn't just mean the mushab, obviously. Okay? It means the books of knowledge. It means the books which people value as well. Not just books of Sharia knowledge, but books which are close to other people, you know, that they, they value. So things of value. Okay? And as for the evidence for the um, the obvious religious sanctified matters in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al Hajj, verse 32, he said, and he goes, and thus, um, the one who magnifies the the signs or the 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 aspects of uh, or the matters of Islam of Allah, then this is indeed from the truth, uh, uh, God consciousness of the heart or the hearts. And also, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al Hajj, in verse thirty, ذلك ومن يعظم حرمات الله and whoever magnifies that which is sanctified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this will be best for him according to his Lord. Okay? And Shaykh Tamin says, he goes, taqwa is wajib. To have taqwa is a state which is obligatory to have at all times as much as possible. And therefore, for that reason, it is not permissible to therefore at all ever, ever, ever make istijmar or something which is muhtaram. Okay, and what the Sheikh here says is that this does not necessitate Arabic. It's not the Arabic which is the issue. It's the issue of sanctification and honor that's intrinsic in whatever is in front of you. And the final condition, he goes something which is connected to an animal. We're talking about like a fox's tail or a hoof or 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 uh, something like that. Okay, he goes that. If we're not allowed to make istijmar with the fodder, the food of the animal, then what do you think of using the animal itself? And you know, of course, it's even more haram. So you can't use an animal like that either. Okay. Um, he goes, well, Sheikh Tamim goes, well, what if a person now then turns around to that point that we just said? And he goes, well, hold on. If that's the argument you're going to use for using the, not using the animal part of an animal then what about the hand you're touching يعني, your hand is far more muhtaram and it's alive and it's connected to you 
and you know uh, and you're gonna you know handle things and this and that so what about um, you know the hand so Sheikh Uthaymeen he responds this is of course referring to cleaning oneself when using a stinja Sheikh Uthaymeen responds he says yeah actually this was mentioned by some of the salaf they said in the istinja uh, they some of the salaf they said any istinja done or istinja which is performed without istijmar being done before it is not permissible that's why they, they said that meaning they, they, they followed the same reasoning how can you let your hands touch that? No way. you got to clean the area first with something. Once it's all gone, then you can use your water. And that's narrated from some of the Salaf. And that's uh, narrated by, as we said, Abdullah ibn Zubair and uh, Hudayf ibn Yaman. And you can see the narrations in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba. Two pages back, you'll see the references to that. What the Shaykh Uthameen said, he goes, this is a very weak statement. Very weak statement. Qawlun du'aif jiddan. He goes, the authentic sunnah clearly refutes that. The Prophet ﷺ went and made his tinja out of his hand. End of story. End of story. He goes, if we want to use our aqal though, he goes, if you want to like, you know, you want to play, then let's, let, let's, let's, let's debate this point then. He goes, he goes this uh, cleaning is not to make the hand, uh, 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 this touching of the najasa is not an intentional touching of najasa to make, yani, uh, to make oneself filthy, but a necessity to clean one's private parts with the addition of water and the prohibited touching he goes the forbidden touch this is a this is a general principle you're being taught here the forbidden touch when done to free oneself and to uh, to, to finish from that situation is not something which is haram, rather it is something which is recommended. For example, um, crazy example. Do you want my example? Do you want Sheikh Uthameen's examples? Yeah. Yeah. You want both. Mine are the ones I can't say for the kids, that's the problem. Okay, let's use Sheikh Uthameen's examples. All right. Sheikh said, he goes, have you not seen the one who is uh, in ihram? He goes, if someone's in ihram, he's not allowed to use perfume. But... If another guy puts perfume on him, he's not allowed to touch perfume, you see. So if someone else puts perfume on you, what are you going to do? You have to clean, wash your hands now. So you're going to put it under water and you are going to wash your hands. This touching of the perfume will not invalidate your ihram because you're touching it to clean yourself from it. He goes another example. He says, if you, when you were jahil, you stole some land and you're going back and forth, back and forth on this land. Obviously, the rulings of when you have stolen land or stolen property and so on and so forth is that you're not allowed to uh, carry on, uh, uh, you're not allowed to touch it, walk on it, or anything. If he makes tawbah halfway through and he then has to walk onto it to arrange its sale or to arrange it to go back, because you know from one of the conditions of tawbah is to reverse the harm or reverse the sin. So as a result of trying to reverse the sin, he needs to like physically touch or move onto the area, then that's allowed because he has to, to free himself of the sin. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah, I'll just stick to that. Okay, so, um, and then, okay, that's good. That's that whole page five done. So let's move on to page six. Um, and now we're now talking more about the action itself. So in page six in Arabic, the Sheikh Al-Hijjabi, rahmatullah alayhi, he says, وَيُشْتَرَتُ الثَّلَاثُ مَسَحَاتٍ مُنْقِيَّةٌ فَأَكْثَرٌ وَلَوْ بِحَجَرٍ ذِي شُعَبٍ وَيُسَنُّ قَطْعُهُ عَلَى وِتْرٍ 
ويجب الاستنجاء لكل خارج إلا الريح ولا يصح قبله وضوء ولا تيمم It is a condition to wipe three or more times each time removing the filth even by using a stone with three corners It is a sunnah to stop on an odd number It is obligatory to remove filth for everything that exits except for wind it is not valid to make ablution or tayammum before removing the filth so a number of statements made there let's look at that inshallah so at the bottom of page 136 uh sheikh says this is the uh, fifth condition he says from the conditions of using the stones that's probably right as well but we've changed our numbering so that doesn't really doesn't really matter the numbering um, and basically what is he saying that you have to you have to wipe the area three times what's the, the evidence for that the evidence for that is a very strong hadith folks a hadith of Salman al-Farsi uh, hadith Salman al-Farsi radiallahu anhu he said in Sahih Muslim that naha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an nastanja bi aqal min thalathati ahjar the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibited that one would make uh, that prohibited us that we make istinja with less than three stones what is the reason for that? That um, that a person doesn't have to keep coming back because he's not sure that he does it and he cleans the area completely at that time. He goes that if a person is only sticking to one, then it's not normally done. And if he goes away and he makes himself and then he realizes and he realizes afterwards, he will probably cause himself more dirt than he would first time round. Meaning to have completely cleaned himself first time round now the sheikh then cont- he continues and he says that some of the scholars said sheikh said that some of the scholars said that if a person is able to clean the area with less than three stones then that is sufficient because the ruling is based upon the reason the illa What's the reason that we're even, or what's the illa in this issue? What's the sharia reason? Removing the filth. If the filth is removed in less than three, then the ruling should be based upon less than three. This is the argument of some of those scholars. I have to say, position very close to my heart. Okay? But uh, Sheikh says, وسلم, He goes, The problem is that this, this statement is rejected and refuted by the Prophet وسلم, when he said, Naha. When he, pre- when he said we were prohibited to use less than three stones. Sheikh Tamim says, If he sallallahu wasallam, prohibited us from something, therefore it becomes obligatory for us not to fall into something which he prohibited. It's a very strong language, is what he's saying. He goes, and also, he goes, majority of the time we know that you can't get cleanliness going with less than three. You can't sort, you can't clean yourself with less than three. And he goes, and also, he goes, he goes, I also want to say that I am very cautious. This is a very interesting point, which a lot of Fiqh Salah uh, students who studied Fiqh Salah will appreciate. Um, Sheikh Tamim says, also, he goes, three is not a simple number. Yani three has weight in Sharia. 
three is mentioned a number of times across all kinds of aspects of the deen in sunnah, in Quran, in fiqh, in aqidah, in this, that, whatever. Now, I find this a fascinating statement because, of course, one of the things I teach in uh, fiqh salah um, uh, and other classes is that we do have to be careful about numbers. Yeah? Uh, many times in Quran and Sunnah, numbers are mentioned not actually for the number, but to indicate many. And this is an important point. And it's not always easy to differentiate when, and that's the, the job of the scholars to do so. Okay? Um, but sometimes you can go too far with this idea and this principle and just start to, like, you know, uh, start to write off all numbers. No. We are still a literal reading uh, uh, tradition. We read literally. Unless we can't understand something literally, we need to make an interpretation. This is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. Yeah? So if something says three, then we, we, we will stick to three. Unless we have clear indication that it's not really talking about the number, it's talking about something else. Here, we don't actually have any evidence to help us move away from the number three. Even though the Aql says, well, if I can clean it in one, then it's, it's okay. The reason that I'm not too fussed about this point, meaning I'm happy to stick to three if we have to stick to three, is because if you use water, there'd be no issue in the Aslam. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Meaning that this seems to be something, if you're going to use something hard, like a paper or whatever, then because it's not going to clean as much as water is going to, you need to use three. Whereas if you're using water and so on and this and that, then maybe it's okay. I'm not giving a fatwa here though. That if you're using stones or paper with water, you're okay to use just one paper because you're using things. I'm not, I'm not saying that because I, I don't have the guts to risk a fatwa on that. What I am saying is that when it comes to water, you don't. there's no such thing as three pourings. You just pour and pour and it's happy. once you're clean, you're, you're clean. That's the end of it, front or back. Whereas I'm just saying that even though my heart leans towards the fact that it's about cleanliness and not about the number three, the hadith is pretty explicit. And so we'll stick to that. We'll, do, we'll, uh, you know, we'll go with that. That's fine. Um, now, and what else? What I tell you, what supports me? Well, it doesn't really support me to be honest. Forget that. Um, again, we said that the uh, uh, the stone itself it needs to be something which which can purify. So it can't be something which is completely smooth or completely spherical or or wet, you know, or damp because it's not going to clean. And likewise, if the area is not cleaned in less than three, okay. Uh, uh, then we go further. We keep going higher. Yani using it more times. We keep uh, increasing more times to clean. Okay? And it's okay to use a stone with three corners. The yani the shu'ab. What's the point here? Because the evidences seem to suggest that they were all presented, the Prophet was presented with three separate stones. And what the Shaykh wants to say is that actually it's not really about three stones. It's about three wipings, three cleanings. So a big stone or a big clod that has three corners, you could use that. Does that make sense? The modern day example would, I guess, be using a toilet paper and then folding it and using it again, for example. This would be like a modern day example of this exact point. Is that, is that clear, everybody? Yep. So there, I mean, there is a discussion there. Sheikh says that there is some scholars that said, you know, not sure about that. But the rajah, yani, is that it's okay. Okay. Next point is that it is sunnah to stop upon witr. What does that mean? It means that if you go above three, okay, meaning that the area is not clean, then, then and you go to four and it's now clean on the fourth, you need to increase to, to five. And if it cleans on the sixth, you increase to seven. Okay, that's a sunnah. 
And it's interesting that the Hanbalis also noticed that as a sunnah. And here's why. The Sheikh said that, that the, the Sheikh said that the evidence for this is what is narrated in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. That the Prophet said, that the one who makes istijmar, then let him do it an odd number of times. Now, just so that you know from an Arabic point of view for the future, whenever a verb is used with the fa, fa means then, okay? But you could use fa like fa'alam, then no, okay? Uh, but when you add a lam after the fa, so fa'yutir, it's not possible to say that, but if you to add the lam in fa'yutir, this lam is called lam al amr. This lam, when it's entered into just before the present verb, it indicates obligation. It's lam al amr, it's called fa'yutir. And so therefore, this is indicating obligation. Is that clear? Here's a problem. We know that it's not an obligation to use three because the Hanbali said it's a sunnah. They said it's a sunnah. They were at pains to mention that. So what's going on? He goes, well, yes, you're right. In principle, the, 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 the order, an amr, is obligatory. Yeah? It is obligatory. But, but, uh, and if you're talking the issue of three, then yes, this is obligatory. We've already said that. If you're going to use it three times, then this oddness is obligatory. But anything which goes over three, meaning if you like need to clean it four times, then it only becomes a voluntary, um, a recommended act to make it fifth and sixth. So what the ta'wil, the interpretation that Shaykh Uthameen is giving it, is that the obligation only refers to three when it comes to, to witam. As for if you go above three, then this is the matter which is sunnah, this is the matter which is recommended. And the, re- and the evidence for that, you might say, where's Shaykh Uthameen making this yani, interpretation from? He's making it based upon the hadith of, uh, the, the hadith of, who is the Sahabi of this hadith? Hadith of Abdullah ibn Hurairah, hadith of Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu an, which is narrated by Imam Ahmed and Abu Dawood, and this hadith has been criticized by a number of people. Um, in fairness, even though uh, Imam al we considered it to be an acceptable hadith, and Ibn Hajar took it a little bit lower, and he said the isnad is hasan. Lesson for you. There's a big difference in statement when someone says, Hadha hadithun hasan, this is a, an, a, an acceptable, hasan hadith, fair hadith. And when someone says, Hadha had this hasan uh, al-isnad, uh, uh, that its chain is okay. Meaning that he's not over comfortable and, and happy with the text but he's looked at the chain and he doesn't see a major issue I'll accept the chain when you say a hadith is hasan that means you're happy with the chain and the text the text is also agreeing with everything else so what is the text of this hadith of Abu Huraira the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever makes istijmar then let him do it three times uh, let him do it an odd number of times beg your pardon let him do it an odd number of times. Whoever does that, good on him. Whoever doesn't, no problem. Okay? Whoever does it has done excellent. فَقَدْ أَحْسَنْ Good on him. And whoever doesn't do it, then there's no problem. Okay? This hadith would indicate, therefore, when taken in conjunction with the hadith of previously, of the obligatory, فَلْيُوتِرْ that actually to do a witr is not an obligation. It means something which is recommended. This hadith clearly indicates that. And I think we'll call it that because that's an hour straight of the lesson time. And that gives us some time for Q&A.
That's 10 pages, by the way. Guys, don't even, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> dissing me, cussing me day and night, and don't even give respect when I just knock out 10 pages in one lesson. Maybe it took us maybe three weeks to do 10 pages last time. How'd you? Struggling with this writing three times. Yeah. Uh, the the, the belief makes complete sense if you're just using the stuff. Yes. The second, third cleanings actually increase the amount of cleanliness in the sense, yeah. But if you're using tissue paper plus water afterwards, the water's going to take away any minute residual filth. So I'll tell you what, take water out of the equation and let's debate just on the issue of toilet paper. Are you because then it makes more sense. Right. And so and I think and that's the reason why I was pain, at pains to emphasize that point. Mm-hmm. That uh, remember the point that we said the pro- we, it's not been narrated from the Prophet sallallahu that he ever did both. So, if we continue on that premise, then we are always exclusively talking about just stones or toilet paper. And then it's clear that it's clear isn't it that yani, you know and you're risking a big time just going with with one or two yeah so what, one with what is okay wallahi I I, 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 mean, I I don't I don't I practice three minimum with water oh. at least because I'm just scared of the hadith that's all but I'm a chicken like that you know I just don't have I don't have the, I don't have the guts but if someone was to say to me look it doesn't make any sense I'd say yeah I think you got a point I don't have a problem with the istidlal there. I really don't. Because why? Well, you heard the evidence right there. The Prophet ﷺ, he didn't refer to that particular scenario. He didn't. Because he didn't do it. Neither did he not do it. Neither did he instruct to it. So where we have that and water. And I mean, I mean to be honest, the more you say it, the more you think about it. The more you think about it, it's obvious. If the, the water itself is not being used three times, then the, the, the paper is seen as something additional, bonus. So the ruling should be based upon the water, which doesn't need three times. So then what, it doesn't matter how many times then you use the, the, the paper. My fear is this, is that once you decide and make a decision to use something other than water, I'm seeing that almost like a religious decision. Once you enter into a religious decision, uh, we know... That virtually everything comes under the category of odd number is better. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So if you're about to eat something, you would eat odd. You would, you would, you know. We joke about that a lot, isn't it? You know, you might go and I don't know. Is it is it just me or is it me and Shazad that if we're going to a shop and we buy a second chocolate bar, we say we'll have a third one just for winter? <laughs> is it just me and you, Shaz? Yeah. Come on, yeah. I joined you in this bestie when I look out. I even said me and you. Come on, yeah. I don't throw you under the bus like that. Just like that, bro. So yeah, so this principle, this principle is the reason why I kind of like say, uh, you know, if I'm gonna involve it, then I'm gonna make it with her. Yeah. In general purification. Yeah. Yeah. The illa in general purification, according to Ibn Taymiyyah and our taught position, is to get the area clean by whatever which way it happens. Now the Prophet said three times, explicitly. Yes. Are we going to try and second guess the reason behind everything that the Prophet says just because we're trying to find the illa behind everything he says? Are we going to try and second guess the illa behind everything he 
everything he says try to find the reason because we're trying to find the hidden. Are we, going to try and, are we going to try and second guess the reason behind everything that the Prophet ﷺ says and does just to find the illa? Answer yes. Because that's a noble thing. Where's the shame or problem in that? You know what I mean? The problem would be is if, if we're just finding it to try and get out of something. But if it's, trying, if it's trying to find out to increase in knowledge and understanding, then what, what would be wrong with that? But then, like you said, Subconsciously, you're uncomfortable doing it less than three times. Subconsciously, I'm uncomfortable doing it myself less than three times. Okay, meaning that you, what you're trying to say is that I am subjective. Uh, there's too much bias in my trying to find the illa. Yeah, because you said that the illa, you know, is the framework. But at the same time, Prophet has said explicitly three times, and there's something within us all as Muslims. Said three times explicitly, and we can't get away from the fact that fact, and we can't explain that okay, wiping it once should be enough, could be enough. Then why are we trying to second guess the reason for the thing? Right. So, um, in response to your question, first of all, there, there's no doubt to anyone especially the scholars, about how difficult it is to find their illa. In fact, you will have memorized from me, I hope, in this lesson and every lesson that you've, you've taken, that I've said that the, what, according to the scholars, the most difficult thing in Sharia, in Islam, period, is to identify the illa of an action. And that's the reason. Because bias pops in, because it's contextual, because it's subjective, because sometimes it's not clear to see, sometimes you just have to say, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah? Sometimes because it can be politically abused by people for their own... I mean, all obvious reasons, but you mentioned and 10, 10 more as well. So, number one, there's no doubt about how difficult it is. But of course, at the same time, it is part of the religion. Very much so. So no, we don't worry about finding the illa as long as the scholars are sincere and they're trying to find the truth. So that's the answer to that point there. The second point is, is that... Uh, uh, you know about because the problem is that illa can go start start looking for their starting to search for their illa can go so far where you start to like almost ignore very very blatant statements. That's not the case. There are many more blatant statements in Sharia which we uh, put to the side because it's clear that that blatant statement was us blatantly misreading blatant statement. You see what I'm trying to say? Now, as I just said to you now, I mean we, we just we just saw the example right there. How clear a hadith was that? Whoever Whoever is going to do istijmar, then do with her. If that's the only hadith you read in Sahih Muslim, well, that's the end of the story. Right? Uh, sorry, beg your pardon. Uh, the Prophet Sallallahu said that, uh, that whoever wants to do uh, istijmar, then let him not do it for less than three stones. Then we've got this one which comes along and it says do it uh, uh, an, um, uh, an odd number of times. An odd number of times could include one, could include five, could include whatever. So I'm saying there's always going to be discussion in these issues. And as long as, we, as long as we know that the scholar himself is sincere and has got good evidence and uh, thinking for his position, then we're not going to worry. And I just want to add that Ibn Taymiyyah, of course, is in the minority in this issue. 
So the majority do consider numbers and things like that and purifying water and, and, and exactly like the Hamli Madhab. In fact, the Hamli Madhab is supporting what you're trying to say. Stick to the text here that we don't... Not that they don't try and find an illa. Of course they do. But they're also not saying that the illa is cleaning the area. They said the illa is using this water, that water. Sheikh Tamim doesn't agree. I might not agree. Most of my Sheikh won't agree. The contemporary scholars won't agree. Um, big giants from the Salaf and the Khalaf, they won't agree. But they are the minority. They are the minority. That doesn't make it wrong though. It doesn't make it something that should be avoided either. But it is contentious, no doubt. The illa is, fa- is a fatal area. It's a risky, risky area. That's why no one goes there except not scholars, but the top fuqaha. Not scholars. The top fuqaha are the only ones allowed to try and identify an illa. Otherwise, it's all over. Otherwise, and you can imagine everyone going around and saying, well, you know what, the real reason for prayer is for me to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can get closer to him in my bed, just going to sleep. <coughs> you know, at Fajr time, it's just a waste of time. I'm going to hate every minute of it. Walking over, washing myself, going and standing up there. It's going to be a disaster. I'm going to be feeling so horrible for 10 minutes. I'm not going to concentrate. Don't know what I say anyway, to be honest. What's all Arabic here? Any business? Alhamdulillah, I mean, I only knock all Allah had anyway. <laughs> Stay in bed. I promise you for the next 10 minutes to think of nothing but Allah and my sins. And that's the illa. The illa is to get closer to Allah, isn't it? You see what I'm trying to say? It's the most dangerous thing in the world. And uh, yeah, let's do some online ones. Yeah. Um, what, what about using vinegar, uh, vinegar for cleaning toilets? I've heard that they are eco-friendly, so they seem to... SubhanAllah, what a good question. What a good question. What about using vinegar to... to clean toilets or to clean oneself um, to make area uh, uh, to clean an area or uh, sterilize an area or on the skin or whatever anything else which has some kind of acetic acid or some other kind of alcohol body um, Allahu A'lam I think that it's permissible if it's understood that this is a separate industry specifically and it's not being done to disadvantage the people and it wasn't yani, uh, uh, um, if there's a reason for it if there's a reason for it making it better than other industrial products if it's an overwhelming obvious point um, then uh, then I think that there's, there's some space for that there, there might be some space for that especially 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 vinegar considering it's just yeah, and converting alcohol, which has no value anyway. Yeah, Allah. Um, can clothing be used if an apple core with an edible area already eaten cannot be used? What about an uh, old used worn out cloth? Yeah, cloth is allowed to clean oneself and and so on. That's allowed, inshallah. That's it. That's it online. Yep. Um, talking about the whole finding If you do find ayah for Ruling. Are you allowed to now change the ruling based on that you only have like I could yes this is this is the Makan ruling is that what is that what is that what is that is not a contradiction to using the reason that, that has been identified or put forward by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger 
for us to identify and then use it for something else or to realize that something is not applicable something is not applicable because then that inapplicability would be Allah and His Messenger's decision does that, does that make sense? so the doing of the action was Allah and His Messenger's decision and the not doing of the action because of their illa and because of circumstance and, the, and whatever that would also be Allah and His Messenger's decision what's the key component? identification, the illa yeah, which is going to be hard work and number two that's been done by the like the highest top scholar possible I can tell you now that 99.9999999% of all the scholars that you've ever seen or ever heard of or know they can't find their illa they won't and they won't go there it's just yani, you know it's, it's hard work it's hard work so we don't need to worry about this you need to worry when you start hearing people yani, in the modern day times start talking about illa no there's no one around that can talk about illa in the western countries and things like that they've got no idea alright we're done yeah this uh, so so the, the, let's make it very clear what the answer is the tall position of this class and the action of a number of people a number of the scholars is that to use tissue paper followed by water is better and more complete and if one adds soap to the equation then that's also good and even more better. This is all permissible without making it too difficult for oneself and obligatory because obviously we're living in a time where you know you, people get so used to things. It's very scary actually, subhanAllah. Every day we're moving further and further away from our roots and from you know, sacrifice and from simple living. Every day we're moving further and further. We're becoming more and more comfortable. And politically this is a problem. Socially, psychologically it's a problem. We start to then find like, I mean, just think about this right now. Uh, 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 you know, if this mindset continues, a very, very modern, convenience-based, materialistic Western mindset continues that doesn't accept the idea of like getting dirty or not having paper or using water or roughing it and whatever. When you see people then doing that, you don't associate with them. Now, considering that 90% of our Muslim ummah is that, that's why we have that lack of empathy with our fellow Muslims. Especially when it comes to the issue of jihad, especially. Especially those who are going out and sacrificing to defend people and their lives and other people and so on and so forth. We can't, we are always siding with the, the Hollywood narrative because they're the ones that يعني, are backwards and whatever. That's just a psychological one. Then there's something which is even more deeper, even more deeper psychologically rooted internally. And that is that we couldn't ever possibly imagine roughing it ourselves. So you, so in your heart, there's, there's, there's no concept of striving or sacrifice for the sake of Allah in the heart. It's not even there. Because you could never imagine living outside in the rough, you know, for a week. You could never imagine it. Well, you know what? Start to imagine it. Because in Sahih Muslim, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ is very clear. The one who, the one who dies without a niyyah for striving for jihad dies upon the branch of hypocrisy. Everyone has to have it in their heart that they're ready to sacrifice, to push religion to the next level, to to um, to move forward, to 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 you know put oneself in a scenario where you're not comfortable. And of course you know that the principle of all jihad is jihad al nafs, which is the killing literally of the desire, the, the breaking of the ego, the the shattering of your 
comfort zone, the shattering of your comfort zone. All these things are the big, these are the big mawani, these are the big barriers to real progression in the religion. Our, our desires, our nafs. Is that everything in and Of course it is. And that's why the scholars have agreed that any kind of other uh, uh, definition of jihad, like a physical jihad, like a war, and, and any other kind of jihad, such as writing or speaking, uh, you know, or political jihad, yani, or whatever, is all preceded by the jihad of the nafs. There's no doubt about that. Even, of course, any hadith or anything which indicates that is completely fabricated. There's no basis for that. But the meaning is completely correct. There can be no striving in this religion if you can't take out your desires. If you can't imagine living without toilet paper, you're finished. But, but who can? Oh, that's, that's the point. That's the lesson to take from these lessons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? So, um, three reminders again then. The first reminder is that next week it will be 8 o'clock. Okay, so the lesson today started at half past 7. So, half an hour later from next week onwards. That's going to be 8 o'clock every day, every Wednesday. The second announcement is that in two weeks' time, June 12th, okay, there's a special session. As you know, Logical Progression is going to be joined by the Ilm Tour team, ilmtour.com, almaghrib.org. Check it out. There will be Sheikh Mohammed Sharif, Sheikh Kamal Makki, Sheikh Nabad Aziz, Sheikh Buna Mohammed, and a number of other people I can't remember now who. And um, there's an opportunity, a few places left to join that if you're in London or you want to go down to London and you join the bus. And they go through all the cities through some kind of mental summer holiday. You know, my generation, that was a summer holiday. Cliff Richard, remember that one? Cliff Richards? We are going on a summer holiday. Anyway, so that was, uh, that's the kind of concept. Open decker, open double decker bus, they start chilling, pop dealing. So that's uh, on Wednesday. No, that's something else. Uh, that's, on, uh, that's in two weeks' time, 7 o'clock. So make sure this masjid is packed out for that everybody. Tell your friends, family. It'll be good. That'll be really good. <laughs> Believe me. Kamal Maki is worth worth coming for just the alone. You'll cry eyes out. Yep. Does this class then start at the eight o'clock? No, no, no. I won't. I'm not going to torture you guys like that, man. Mashallah, Zakallah. It's very kind of you, bro. My one supporter in the whole class. He goes, "What's happened to the class?" Zakallah, <laughs> Allah. I have to give you some chocolate back now. Well done. So, no, no, this will be the class. It will be a break from the normal class. I know that you guys are delighted by that. Um, so, that's going to be at 7 o'clock. And then the third announcement is, of course, there's only a few places left this weekend in Bradford. You go to the Facebook page for Qabilat Mass or almaghrib.org for Protect This House. Last time for in our locality for a long time. Okay, guys? Uh, the reason you're not hearing Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, of course, last week and this week, I had a few complaints, is because yani, he's sunning it up in Tunisia. Sunning it up He said to me Yanni don't tell anyone Okay <laughs> So obviously I'm just I'm not telling I'm just telling Yanni a few people Yanni, You know what I'm saying And he goes He doesn't want the masjid Yanni uh, 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 And the elders And the um, Uncles And the trustees To know that Yanni He's wearing beach Shorts and glasses On the beach In Tunisia I said Would I say Would I do something like that Are you kidding me yeah, you know I mean, after you put me in that position, are you kidding me? Haram, yani. Gotta tell the truth, man. Everyone deserves to chill. So he's on holiday back, inshallah. What next lesson, though? He's back on Sunday, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum.